how's your sex life? How's your wieners, your vajayjays, all the things that you use when you're having sex? And the reason I ask is because no one else does. And that's why you're here listening to the Sex 101 podcast. It's hard to communicate your sexual desires, your needs, your wants. So we're here for you and your partner. This show is dedicated to improving sexual communication and removing the taboos about sex and sexual intimacy. Dr. Stormy has a wealth of experience, knowledge, and helpful advice that will take your lovemaking to the next level. And I'm here to make you laugh and show you that even rock stars don't know enough about sex. So put on your headphones if you're at work and let us make sex better for you. All right, folks, we're back. And uh, like last week's episode, we told you this week is a special episode because we're doing listener only questions, listener questions only this time. So listener questions you asked, we answer. And uh, I'm excited about this one because the listeners send in some really good questions. Like there, mm-hmm. there's some and I'm I'm. I'm always happy that, you know, a lot of times, um, some, a lot of them are similar. So it makes me know that we're all in this together in a way. Like you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, your situation is, isn't unique. Like you, Mm -hmm. what you're experiencing, somebody else is, you know, as well. And so I'm glad this podcast is here for you folks Mm -hmm. and uh, here for us too, because I'm learning so much, uh, Stormy, you, uh, Give me so much information. I can't believe it. Mm, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> really, that's awesome. Yeah, really <laughs> well, are. This really know, is the sex education that we always wanted. It is. It, yeah, yeah. Totally. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like we, I had the Love Deep Lab podcast, right? For two seasons on all things sex, science, and sacredness. We connected through TikTok, I yeah. believe, Toby, you and I. You guys had me on your podcast. And then we really just felt inspired because of our listener questions to create this, like everything you wanted to ask and never could or felt ashamed to, or maybe you had no official, you know, well-taught sex education, like most Americans. Um, And so really like this really passion project for us about really giving you guys, arming you guys with tips, tools, research strategies. And then also, like you mentioned, Toby, to help people realize you're not alone, right? You're not alone in having questions or wanting, you know, it struggles in sex, you know, you're also not alone in wanting to be a better lover. Everyone wants to have better sex. Most of us just don't want to like, are too nervous to ask about it. Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No. So I think it's so great, you know, and these questions, like every time you send me the questions and our, our listeners write in your Elon questions, it like, moves my heart like i literally get like almost tearful because the questions are so vulnerable so powerful so incredible uh we are not alone in these questions and you're as all the listeners out there your bravery in asking the question like benefits you and your relationship hopefully but also others right it benefits toby and i it benefits everyone listening and everyone watching and so it's really it's really an act of bravery and it like it means so much to me it really moves me and, and i'm just i'm constantly in awe other listening questions yeah me too and and we usually save this for the end but if you have a question send it to us you can send it uh, you can email stormy at stormy at love deep lab or you can ask stormy a bunch of questions you, you should email if, you, if you're going <laughs> through some stuff stormy's the person to talk to so i would definitely email her uh very much so she has a bunch of guides a bunch of different stuff that's just awesome um or you can email me at toby at marriage but uh all right you want to get to the first one here let's do it okay this comes from Three's Company. Did you used to watch that show, Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> is it Mr. Furley? Is that, is oh, that yeah. the, the landlord or whatever? <laughs> I loved Three's Company. Oh, it was like amazing. I know. That was uh, Suzanne Summers. That was like, there are a few movies and TV shows where 
like as a, a young boy becoming a man, I was like, whoa, this is some like Suzanne Summers lives yeah. in my brain like as <laughs> wow, I've never seen anybody like this. Yeah, and, she was like yeah. such a pinup girl, you know. I know. Like, yeah, totally. Nobody looked like her in the 70s, 80s in Greer, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Oh my god. So I lived with two of my guy friends after college. And all of us were Midwesterners and we won Halloween. I dressed up as Jack and they dressed up as Chrissy and Janet. And it was amazing. It was so great. <laughs> oh, my kids wouldn't even have any clue of who that no, is. No, that's, yeah, that's we're, dating, right. we're dating ourselves for we're sure. Definitely. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, we are dating ourselves anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. It says uh, my wife and I have been discussing having a three way for the first time. She has a bi friend that we think will be into the idea. We have set up some boundaries, but what things should we consider before we go through with this? And uh, we've done some episodes about, you know, open relationships and, and, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, this, this is a question we get a lot. Yeah. So I would definitely say definitely check out our episode on um, different open relating uh, frameworks. Um, we gave some tips in there, but you know, it's a really beautiful question. So what, what this listener is asking about is what we, they, they call in the, polyamorous world a unicorn right so the unicorn is a in this in this example a woman usually a bisexual woman who is coming into an already established couple um right so that's what this is the unicorn okay um but the you know the i'm going to say what i always say the number one thing to consider is communication you need to have impeccable and it won't be perfect because there is no such thing, but really a strong commitment to clear, open and honest communication to make this successful. I have many clients and even personal friends and even exploring myself that have not succeeded in having a successful threesome because of lack of communication, right? And inability yeah. or unwillingness to communicate. So the communication is is really key. The communication between the two people in the couple. And I'll get into the including the unicorn in a minute but so and then on this example right the unicorn they're they're talking about bringing it's really important to consider you're considering bringing a friend in or your wife's friend in uh your girlfriend's friend in um but there's it's really to really talk about the benefits of bringing in a friend versus bringing in a stranger um research in the polyamorous community is pretty split some say friends are better some say strangers are better right um so think through it right a friend you're going to see this person likely out after your threesome and what will that be like versus a stranger where you can have that as part of your boundary that you never see them again or whatever so just playing through it there's no right or wrong but that's something really to consider friend versus stranger um and there's lots of different ways to find a third different apps different websites that sort of thing so if you're if you're interested in the stranger way about it um the third thing is what is and this is before the threesome happens okay all of this is before the threesome happens is this is to set you up for a successful threesome is what is your intention and what is your partner's intention in the threesome what is it you're hoping to or wanting to get out of the experience and being really clear with each other maybe it's just sex maybe it's novelty maybe it's new relationship energy if you're talking about bringing in a relationship with this with this third person so really clear and again, like let go of right or wrong. What matters is the communication and what matters is full agreement by both people. If you don't have full agreement by both people, you don't have any agreement, okay? Especially in this realm, okay? And it might be like, you know, I'm open to that for right now. I need to think about that. Well, then that's great. That's a clear communication, right? Or I'm absolutely not open to that. That's a hard no for me. So really that level of communication 
Hey, and then the other thing I want to say is, and it doesn't sound like that's at all what this listener is asking about, but just for other people out there listening, if you're looking to bring in a threesome as a band-aid to fix your relationship, I promise you it will not work. Right. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly. Like it's just like like the whole like let's our relationship sucks, so let's have a baby and hope it gets better. Like that doesn't ever work either. You know, it's like the if you're so it's not a band-aid or a relationship ball. Like it it's just not. So making sure that that's not play at play. And then the the fifth one, you mentioned the boundaries. The listener already mentioned the question, already mentioned the boundaries. But when I think about boundaries, it's really important to think about what's off limits. Okay, so you can make whatever agreements you want, right? So me, like a lot of people when they're doing a threesome will say no kissing, you know, only sex or actually no penetration, only kissing, right? You can make it whatever you want, but be very clear and both of you be in agreement of what is off limits right? Um, if you're going to have sex, are you using protection? Like thinking through all that ahead of time, talking through all that ahead of time. Um, and then I always recommend in any of our episodes, we've talked about kink or anything taboo to use your safe words, right? Have a safe word for your coupleship. And that means that at any point, it can be completely called off. Like if the, if the safe word is red and it's red, it means like we stop immediately, right? Okay, so you're really being clear on your safe words and what they mean before you get into the mm. experience is really, really key. And then the last thing is aftercare, right? And I mean, in your partnership, how are you going to process what happened? What did you like? What did you not like? What came up for you? What felt hard? What felt exciting? And what are the agreements with the third, with the unicorn in this example, right? Are you going to communicate with her afterwards? Is she going to, is it no communication at all afterwards? And then making sure you communicate that to the third, because they also have full say on what happens in the, yeah. in the threesome. Yeah, that is great, man. That was a lot of information. You're right. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. The things that pop in my, my head are, because uh, they, he says that they set up some boundaries, but I really think you should mm -hmm. go through all your boundaries. Like, and, totally. and the, even the ones that might be embarrassing, like I will get jealous if this happens, like it's okay. Like jealousy is something that mm -hmm. happens and then you got to mm -hmm. understand it and where is it coming from and figure it out. Absolutely. But if you know that something like that might happen, you preemptively can figure that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And those boundaries, you just have to set them all up. You're right. Like even just, are, are you, how are you okay with, if you start really kissing or making out with this person, like, see right. me that way or what you know like like when i see you enjoying another person will i be happy will i not be happy or like you know what 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 does that look like and then you're right i, I wasn't even thinking too like both of you how will you communicate with that other person like do both mm -hmm. of you communicate are you uh, are you all on a text thread together how you know mm -hmm. all the little exactly. details will really matter and then the one is is one of the partners pressing for this more than the other that's right. one thing i think you really got to watch out for and you might not even realize and realize you're doing it it might just be you're mm -hmm. excited and this could be fun and you're real and you totally. don't realize your partner is like loving you and wanting to go along with you because they mm -hmm. love you. But are you pressing yeah. for this more than mm -hmm. that? Yeah, that's really well said. Right. So this is us giving you full permission. If you're the person who's like, you know what? Like, that's a no for me. I hear your desire for it. Right. Like this is a chance to bring you guys closer together. The other thing I want to say on that point, Toby, which is such a great point, is that it's also OK to like you might ha start having these conversations with your partner and then realize that you actually like this better as a fantasy rather than as an actual played yeah. out thing. Right. So I've shared vulnerably that for me, that is the case. Like the fantasy of it is super exciting, super sexy for me. I know myself and have explored this area well enough in reality that 
it is not great in reality. I'm like way too much of a caretaker and like there's way too much going on and I'm worried about my Gotta partner. get you some water. Yeah, exactly. Like it's literally, it's like my codependence comes, my recovery yep. codependent oh, comes out man. in full, right? But for, right. so for me, and I've communicated this with my partner, we've had great communications, but it's better as a fantasy. So it, it might not be for some people. They're like, oh, hell no, I actually want to make it a reality. But just giving yourself permission to really explore um, that. And then like you mentioned, Toby, jealousy is a thing, right? We all we all experience jealousy. It's what are you going to do with it? How is that going to play out for you? So I would actually assume that jealousy will arise. Maybe it won't, but a plan for it too. And what's your plan for it when it does? Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Next question. Uh, making my to don't list uh, as a professional. This is for you, Stormy. Um, what would you consider a red flag in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. I love this question. I was I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, oh, it's funny because a lot of it right, is through my lens. Like I have my own red flags. And when I was out there dating and single and even in my current partnership, I have my red flags, right? Like that I'm aware of, right? My hard nose. Um, but I think as far as a professional, obviously the obvious ones are any violence, abuse, manipulation, mm-hmm. gaslighting, right? Coercion, using sex as a weapon. Okay, so all of those absolute red flags. And I want to say too, um, I have been in an abusive relationship. That's a that's the first time I've shared that on this podcast. Um, and so if you are in an abusive relationship, please get help. Please get support. All right. It is uh, there is so much support out there. You don't have to be treated like that. Uh, you should not be treated like that. But I want you to be safe. So all of that to be said that like those are massive red flags. Okay. And uh, we could do a whole episode on sex as a weapon, right? <laughs> sex right. as a as a manipulation, as a coercion. So assuming we're not talking about that, those, um, the other ones that came up for me are lack of communication in the bedroom is it for me. And I would, you know, for a lot of my clients, things I've heard through friends is a red flag, right? Because, but it's also really common. Many couples don't communicate about their needs, wants, and desires in the bedroom. So whether we want to call it a pink flag or a red flag, it's something to work on. And if you're listening or watching this podcast, you are committed to working on that. Okay. So that is, this, this no longer applies to you. You can let go of that old story that you don't, that you can't communicate in the bedroom. So the not lack of communication in the bedroom is, is something to be aware of and something to work on. So that was the first one that came up for me. Um, the second one is if they're only interested in their own orgasm and if they're only interested in orgasm which again is really common so i say these as a sex coach who's been practicing herself in this world of committed sacred sexuality and sexuality as a practice for 15 years is that we are very orgasm centric as a culture we are and porn is you know incredibly orgasm centric but we are very orgasm centric as a as a culture so giving ourselves permission to shift out of the like intense orgasm, genital focus. And so I put it as a red flag because, and again, these might be red flags. We should probably call these pink flags, but things for you that you're like, huh, that kind of resonates with me. It's something I want to work on, right? Like we all have areas to work on. So how can you be less orgasm focused, less orgasm centric? And then the irony is you'll have better sex and better pleasure and better orgasms, right? So, because that's not the goal. So that's we're, we're really that, and really orgasm centric. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That, I, that, that really just struck uh, a chord with me because also that leads to when it's not orgasmic or mind blowing, then you feel like it was bad. We start calling it bad right. sex when you were connecting mm-hmm. and, and, and having a great time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that 
like that connection is really the key. And then that leads to the great times, you know, totally. Absolutely. And broadening that definition of sex, like sex is not just penetrative P and V intercourse, right? Like that is so myopic of a version of sex. So, you know, that, you know, so again, like the obvious red flags of the abuse and manipulation gaslighting, but these are more like what I would call pink flags, but these are more things to be aware of if you're out there dating, or even if you're in a committed relationship, these can point you in the direction of, of your work together as a couple to be better lovers, to be, to have better sex, to be better, to have deeper intimacy and be better partners, right? Which is, brings me to the next one, the last one, which is if sex is your only way to connect, so if sex is their only way to connect, that's a red flag, right? Because there's all these other realms. There's nine other realms of intimacy. And how do you cultivate greater intimacy outside of the bedroom, which leads right. to greater intimacy inside the bedroom? And on that note, I, I have an intimacy guide, intimacy building guide uh, that I'm offering for free for our listeners. So just email me, stormy at lovedeeplab.com, put intimacy guide in the subject, and I will send it to you. And it's a way to look at how am I doing in other realms of intimacy with my partner and how can we grow in other realms? That's awesome. Perfect. All right. This comes from phoner boner. I <laughs> caught my husband texting. I guess this is sexting another woman. He said that they have never met and it's just a sexy fantasy. I believe him and it actually didn't make me jealous, but is this something I should monitor since he hid it from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Definitely listen to our uh, episode on infidelity and conscious monogamy because we talk about different types of infidelity. So I love this partner, this person who wrote in was saying that she doesn't think of it as, you know, cheating or didn't experience it as making her jealous. But my question as I read that was what are you really clear with your partner? And if not, I really suggest you get super clear with your partner on what are your agreements? What are your agreements within your relationship? Are you monogamous? Are you monogamish? Are you open to what we've, we talked about in the other episode, micro cheating or micro infidelity? Are you open to sexting with other people? What about deep, intimate friendships that don't include any set, right? Like, so really getting clear on what are your agreements and what is your definition of infidelity and cheating? We talked about this in that episode um, because it is not a wastebasket term. It means so many different things to so many different people and different couples. So getting really clear, right? So if, and maybe in your partnership, that is okay. It feels okay to you and feels okay to them, but you're now you're clear. You're not making any assumptions, right? So that's the first thing. Um, and, you know, if you feel like it was a violation, which doesn't sound like this listener did, let's say you did, let's say you're like, that is not in our agreements or even we don't have agreements, but that feels like a violation of our, of my trust. Then how yeah. are you going to repair and restore with your partner? Because there is a reparation restoration process that needs to happen after there's been an, an impact, a hurt, an insult to your trust. Yeah. And so there's lots of ways to repair and restore. There, I know many couples and I've worked with many couples who have been able to repair and restore even beyond their original place. Um, and many couples who, who aren't able to, right? So what is the repair and restore process if that you feel like there's been a violation of trust, right? And the trust might be like, he didn't cheat, but he hid it from me. And that feels violent. I feel yeah. like, like that's a violation of trust, right? So again, we're making some assumptions about what the listener's intentions are, but these are questions for the, the listener to who asked the question to get curious about. Yeah, so, it, mm-hmm, uh, yeah I was, I was going to agree with you. It is interesting that uh, he didn't bring this up to her because it, it seems like she's not jealous. Like she, like she's not, she maybe even into the idea of fantasies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. as long as they're just fantasies, but that, that there is something hidden there where he didn't feel like he could come to her with it. 
from the outset, you know? And so I wonder what that, what that is. What, where, what, yeah, that's so well said. Right. And that was my very next point is like, um, I would encourage the, the, the listener who wrote this question to have a, have an open, curious, connected conversation with your partner. Why did you feel like you needed to hide that from me? Like, what do we not, what have we not been clear about or what have, she might be like, listen, I don't even mind what I mind that you didn't tell me. Right. Like that right. might be the, right. The clarity. So why did you feel like you need to, what do we need to change where you don't feel like you need to hide that? Or we need to change our agreements because I'm not okay with that. Like whatever it is, right. You're having those conversations. So I think that's absolutely well said, Toby. That was exactly right. Like getting to me in my relationship, anything I feel like I need to hide from my partner is somewhere I really need to look at because yeah. why, why am I hiding? Yeah. We, we're, he and I practice conscious monogamy. That's part of the agreements is that we can bring to each other anything we're experiencing, even hard stuff. Right. So if I'm hiding that, then I need to look at myself to say, why, why am I hiding that? Right. And, and, and this is, you're right. This is, helps build trust. And sometimes you will have to say hard things or things that are embarrassing or you don't want to say, or you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But if you can say those things, you can really kind of grow towards each other. So, yeah, um, and on this question, I do have a stump stormy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's time to stump stormy. What percentage of U S adults exchanged sex sexting uh with their partner within the past year oh so sexting with a partner yep. oh this is gonna be like i'm gonna be projecting my like desire all over this i hope it's like 98 percent it's not i know that's not my guess that's my that's my like deep desire for everyone to that's have, your like, utopian world view <laughs> <laughs> totally okay so all right Oh, uh, all right. Honestly, okay. In the United States, <laughs> in the last year, partners, I'm going to go with hmm, 38%. Close. It's a little higher. 46%, it says. Oh, I almost said 40. That's so funny. Yeah. 46. Okay. So now, that's good. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's still less than half. So for yeah. the, for the, for the, for the 64% who didn't, mm-hmm. my question to you, why didn't you, what kept you or the 56% who didn't, why didn't you like, yeah. what kept you from it? Because I hear so much from my clients, like, Oh, I, I actually feel that way towards my partner. I just don't send the text. Right. And maybe it's because your partner doesn't like it, but do you know that? Like, you yeah. know, so having the conversations, getting curious about what keeps you from sexting because we're on our phones all the time. It takes literally eight seconds to send off. Like, you know, and it could be, you know, your partner, it's the sexting is a, it might be like, oh my God, you look so beautiful this morning, right? It might be something like that. Or it might be like, I can't wait to rip your clothes off. Or it might be way more than that, right? Whatever right. is in your dynamic, it's also a really cool way to start to like tease into like dirty talk or into like, yeah. you know, pillow talk or whatever too, so. Yep, you're right. I will, uh, this article, it comes from uh, getnux.com, but uh, it was it was interesting too. One thing that people should be aware of, and I, you know, I have a a newly very young, you know, thirteen year old. Mm. She's a teenager. Mm. Sexting mm. within teens is very high. Or did the some of the I, I was going to look at the numbers. I don't know if this says yeah. the exact numbers, but they they can be high. So you have to be, really when you are sexting, you do have to have some boundaries of 
I trust this person and I'm going to send something that I can live with years from now too. You know what I mean? Like that they'll always Absolutely. have it. Like, Absolutely. Like it, you know, that cute little thing that you're doing with the person you've only been dating for a couple of days can come back to haunt you. It, it totally, maybe it doesn't, but you do have to be careful with that. Like yeah. definitely oh, when you're absolutely. sexting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm like, how many of us could never run for office because of right. bad texts that we sent? Right. You know, it's like, you know, it's a real thing. And I think it's a great point with our, with our teenage children too, to like have these conversations, because first of all, you don't like, we're going to count on teenagers to act responsibly and thoughtfully, right. even if they break up or whatever. It's like, right. no, people act like idiots can and often yeah. do act like idiots when they're hurting. Right? right. So let alone the teenage brain. So my whole thing, and I've had these conversations with my son is like, you better be prepared for that to be shared with the public. Because if you think that that is only being kept private, you are sorely mistaken. Right. right. So don't, I mean, and it's hard to do. Listen, like, don't, I have not been like stuck to this rule myself. I do now, but like, don't send anything that you wouldn't be okay with being exposed yeah yeah because you and i grew up without phones and then we got them and that so we're we're experiencing <laughs> social media and all this stuff in real time and so that's why I, it's something you really do want to be aware of it is totally. fun is it, it can be fun it can be sexy it can be so awesome and a connecting tool and you're right like mm -hmm. especially with your partner uh you know that you trust and you go okay this person i know no matter what happens we're gonna they're not gonna you know know the the person's yeah. character that you're, you're yeah exactly person. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, next question. This one's a little serious as a heart attack. Mm -hmm. My husband had a heart attack last year. Even though we have sex regularly, I'm always hesitant now to get him too excited due to his heart. Uh, how can I get past this mental block? Yeah. So that's a really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad your husband is doing okay. Um, and I really feel that like, so there's like, in my mind, this question has like the medical and then the mental, right? Mm -hmm. So if assuming your husband has been cleared medically, sex is considered mild to moderate exercise, so they can walk like two or three city blocks without symptoms, then they usually are cleared for sex, but making sure that he's been cleared, right? It also depends on the severity of the heart attack and the damage to the heart. So making sure he's been cleared medically for sex, but assuming that that is the case, the mental block is really common. So I wanted to, you to hear this listener, to hear that you're not alone. Post heart attack, 51% of women and 44% of men report really having a mental block and like being on sex and being afraid of, of triggering sex, or triggering, you know, chest angina symptoms or triggering another heart attack, just being able to even have erectile dysfunction because they're so worried about it, right? So it's really common. So you're not alone. But the ways, you know, to overcome let's just say or integrate this block because no this is not wrong that you have this block it's actually really loving right you're worried and concerned for your husband and his well-being that's beautiful um it's to communicate to really like share with your husband like i'm gosh like i actually feel afraid and maybe it's like i feel afraid to have sex at all or i feel afraid to have rough sex or i feel afraid to have vigorous sex or whatever it is because I'm so worried about you. Like, and I just yeah. wanted to share with you that this is happening for me again, that communication piece, like that's really intimate, really beautiful, really loving and having that conversation, not in the moment. This is not when you're worried about it or when you're having sex or, or attempting to have sex. Um, and then, you know, seeking out help if you need to like work with this block, because it makes perfect sense that you have it and then slowing way down. Right. So taking time, like, and making an agreement, like, Okay, your husband, you say, I need you to tell me if you have any symptoms at all, because then I can relax into this because we have this verbally spoken agreement that you're going to be very attuned to your body and paying attention. 
and we have a word and you say the word and we stop, right? Okay, so then you can relax into that and then slowing way down, taking a lot of foreplay, building up, right? So, and and you don't have to have vigorous sex. You can have really slow, deeply connected sex that might make you be able to relax into that a little bit more as well. Yeah, for sure. And like Stormy said, you are right to feel this way. You love, mm-hmm. you love him and you want, you know, want him to be taken care of. And so, you know, but uh, oftentimes people are healthier and have healthier habits after something oh, like totally. this happens. So Absolutely. He, he might be healthier and stronger in, in ways, more ways than he was before when you yeah. didn't know. And right, if, exactly. And my, if, if sex is considered mild to moderate exercise in the cardiac rehab, rehabilitation um, process, um, it's like lovely exercise, right? And they actually yeah. want mild to moderate exercise post heart attack. So, you know, really clearing it with your medical team, his medical team, talking to the medical team about this concern, and then working with in some of those other ways. And for me, this is about me now, but like, if that's the way I go, I can't be that mad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if that's how I, if right. that's how I leave yes. this world for me, just for Toby, you know, it's a pretty good way to go. Uh, it's a pretty good way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, this comes from, I'd like to have some words with you. The last mm-hmm. time we had sex, my boyfriend used some really harsh language and called me names. Uh, we were playing out a dominant fantasy. I I really enjoyed it, but my husband felt like it was a little too much. Uh, is there a way to help him feel confident and help him see that it's a turn on for me? Yeah, so I love this question, right? So you're playing with a, a dominant fantasy. You really enjoyed your husband's use of what you you called harsh language, right? So again, that communication piece, not during the scene. This is after of why did you like telling you, for example, you might say, I really, when we were doing that the other night, I really, that was such a turn on for me when you use this term or this term or this term. And I, maybe I even found it surprising, but it was such a turn on because X, Y, or Z, because whatever, I'd never been called that or because it was such a cool thing because we were playing a role or whatever it is for you. Right. So insert what's true for you, but really sharing with your partner, giving, which gives him explicitly stated permission okay so that's the next part you're going to literally say i want you to know i give you full permission when we're in that scene to use that language or to use this language or whatever right so you're literally saying i give you permission because it's really beautiful right if your husband was like ah i don't know like that made me feel badly to call you that or whatever his experience was and then that's another that's the third piece like ask him what what felt hard about that with you maybe he literally grew up being told like you never call a woman that right like that's yeah. a that's a block that's a that's a thing to to overcome right so getting curious of like why did that feel hard for you maybe he's like i felt like a misogynist right i mean you don't know right these are lots of t- right. different possibilities that i've heard from my clients and worked with myself um when in role play but and then the other thing is really having the communication of like both of you like when we're in this role we're giving each other permission to be different than we are so part of what I recommend, we have a whole episode we did on role play. So you can check that out. And like, is the, the aftercare piece, how do you let go of the role? So how do you let go of the role and let your husband let go of the role? So it can literally be like, Hey, that role is gone. Um, we're back to like, and he might be like, okay, I want to tell you, I think you're so sweet and beautiful. And like, I, you know, it, he might even need to say like, I'm sorry for like, whatever you don't know, but what part of the aftercare is letting go of the role and coming back into your typical roles. That's the beauty of role play. You try it on for this scene. And you let it go after the scene. So if you're more explicit in that, 
And if you're more prescriptive in that, you might find that your husband's able to relax more into the role. Yeah. I look at it like uh, I love the, I guess it's like little comedy bits. Uh, and it was a movie too. The Between Two Ferns was Zach Galifianakis. He is intentionally mean to all these famous people, right? Like he, they come on his mm-hmm. show and he's interviewing them, but he says really mean stuff to them. And the bloopers are hilarious because they die laughing and they cut up. And you realize <laughs> that like the actor's in on it. So you, your husband, you know, needs to realize that, uh, that you're in on it, It, you know, that that's what he's working out. Like you're in on Mm -hmm. it too. And like Stormy said, building off of that, the idea there is he probably just thinks so highly of you and loves you so much that he wouldn't want anything to ring true. You know what I mean? Like he wants it to be a fantasy only. He doesn't want anything for you to, to ring true. And you, you know, you think he feels a certain way about you because obviously his struggle Mm -hmm. is he loves you so much. He doesn't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he wouldn't let anybody else talk to you that way. And, you know, and so that's probably what he's, what he's right a little bit, but if you can both be in on it, kind of like the between the two ferns analogy, then you can have more fun and go, wait a minute. This is like a moment where we're both in on this and you know, we can walk away from it still exactly love. right no and that's why the safe word is so important too in role play which we talked about in that role play episode it's like so like you if you let your let's say your safe word is whatever zucchini okay whatever yeah. it is like you're and that means you're like hard stop right if you remind your partner that you have that zucchini is your hard stop and that you will use zucchini if he says something that you don't like right that's also allows him to relax because he doesn't have to like guess it's like there is a hard stop. You both agree to a hard stop if this word is used, right? That's why safe words are so important in this in this space. Um, and you might even just like as a as a to help him relax into it. Maybe you give him some words. You're like, I really liked when you use this word, this word, this word, because now he doesn't have to ideate or pull from his own shadows a, a term, a, a, a dominant term, or a derogatory term, or whatever it is. You literally said, I really love it when you call me this, this, and this in this setting, right? Like, yeah. I don't want you to call me this. Maybe you do, but like, it might be like, I don't want you to call me this normally, but in that setting, it was super hot. Yeah. Yep. And, and always to figure out your comfort level for both of you. You don't have to immediately start going no. on somebody, a slut and a bitch. And all that. You can mm-hmm. start with, oh, you're naughty and you want yeah, to be, totally. oh, you know what I mean? Like you can start with something yeah, so- really lighthearted and, and it still kind of gets there, but also makes each other feel a lot better. So well said, right? We talked about that in a role play episode. Start slow, start small. And so, right. So because it, it is it is also about like you want your both your nervous systems to relax into it, right? So is a, that was a great reminder. Like don't, you don't have to start and you might want to work your way up there, but like start small so that you can both really enjoy it because obviously the, des- the design, the desire is that you both really get to enjoy this role. Yep, 100%. All right. That's all the listener questions we have for this week. This all listener episode. Uh, make sure you email us. You can email stormy at lovedeeplab.com or me, Toby, at marriagesupply.com. Uh, you can also get 10% off at marriagesupply.com with code SEX101 and follow Dr. Stormy uh, on Instagram at docstormy, the number one, docstormy1 at uh, on Instagram. Our TikTok is touchy subjects with three S's and marriage supplies on Instagram as well as the dot marriage dot supply and remember knowledge is power sex is power and the world needs more of both